Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. And before we jump into the really cool stuff that we're going to bring you today, we have a super important message for you. Did you hear that Brilliantly Resilient, the book is out in the world and it landed on the top 100 bestsellers list. That's where it debuted. We're so excited. Go get it at amazon.com. Search Brilliantly Resilient and you'll see it in Kindle and paperback. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Brilliantly Resilient Live Show. We are honoring fathers this week for Father's Day and we rounded up a few of our favorite guests that happen to be dads as well and threw together some of their brilliance bits of wisdom and good stories. We are so excited and when we went back through the list of the amazing men that we have interviewed, we were blown away at, at the um, level that these men have reached in their own lives and then also want to share their wisdom and their genius and their brilliance um, and pass that down to their own kids. So I'm going to read our list of heavy hitters here because I literally, there's so many of them, I don't want to forget anybody. So we've got our buddy Chris Ducker, who is our actually our coach that we work with Chris from Upreneur. He's amazing. He talks about his, his uh, kids on here. We've got Rob Kenny, the dad, how do I guy? Who just released a book. We love Rob. He is just the nicest man in the world. Started his whole thing just to be a dad to people. We've also got Justin Bat from daddy Saturday. I mean, how, how much better does it get than that? Daddy Saturday. Grant Baldwin, who is a, a speaker, but he gives so many great little tips about how to live life that he passes on to his own own kids we've got lee warren who we love lee actually lost a child and talks about that in in his clip and his his faith through it it's just just lessons worth worth learning Mm -hmm. jason romano who had a difficult relationship with his own dad but is also a man filled with faith and has some wonderful things to say and eric ed meads who has a little one now and really just talks about his perspective on life and how people should treat each other. And so we're just so excited to bring this to you guys. What a great lineup. So we know that you all are going to enjoy these little clips and then go back and listen to their episodes. If one of them really resonates with you to hear their entire story and their journey uh, that they reveal to us on the full episode. So to all the dads out there, enjoy Father's Day. And thanks for all the love that you put in the world. Thanks, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Stay tuned. If you like this episode, let us know. Head over to brilliantlyresilient.net for all the info, and we'll put these um, show episodes in notes on our Brilliantly Resilient community page on Facebook. If you're not a member, join us up. Join up with us. (laughs) Here you go for all the great bits. All their own path. I agree, and here's the thing. So I, I have two kids from my first marriage. They're not kids anymore. They're 25 and 22, almost 26 and 23. And so my eldest, my son, 
he didn't want to go to university mm-hmm. and he was quite vocal about it. So I said, okay, well, let's sit down because, uh, you know, I'm a good dad. I got the money. You can go if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to figure out what you're going to do if you're not going to go and further your education. Like you can't just sit around playing video games or go start, you know, like, like at this age, you ain't stacking shelves. Like that's a Saturday job for when you're like 15 and you need, you know, gas money right. or money to take your girlfriend to the cinema. Like this is real. This is like the real world now. You're to the point where you're going to want to end up getting your own place in the next year or two, probably. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so he wanted to go into health and fitness. He wanted to become a personal trainer. So instead of investing in, you know, a three, four year college, you know, degree or, or university degree, well, I ended up helping him get those qualifications and set him up in that world. And part of something that came out of that was his love of videography and filming those sessions and stuff at the gym and all the rest of it. Fast forward all these years now, he's got an incredible career as one of the chief cinematographers of one of the largest um, fitness apparel companies in Europe. Wow. He's crushing. The guy, like, he's on airplanes all the time. Like, it's wow. crazy. So, wow. and then my daughter, exact opposite. I want to go to university. I want to study business. I want to, you know, bop, 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 bop. So she just graduated. She's now working with us at Upana. She runs all of our social and takes care of all of our member services and stuff like that. And it's perfect for her because she's a marketing and communications graduate. So I think it really just comes down to being, you know, as parents, I think, and, you know, the word resilient comes into play. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Parents are the most resilient mofos on the planet, right? Holy let's not... mother they are. So, so <laughs> I, I think like it's important for us to, you know, show them that we want more for them and that we are here to help them achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. Uh, but I, I'm just a big believer in just supporting what they want to do. And here's what it relates to, right? So, so often, and you look at the millennial generation as kind of a, a, a stereotype or an example of this. And we had a generation of kids who came up where their parents didn't allow them to fail often in their youth. We had the helicopter parent, the snowplow parent, the bulldozer parent, you name it, right? Where kids were prevented from failing. And in doing so, what happened is they got into adulthood they didn't fail at eight. So now they fail at 28 and failure at 20. It's a whole lot different than failure at eight. They have no mechanism of how to deal with that or handle success for that matter. And so when it does happen, it's catastrophic when they experience failure later on in life because they never had the mechanism of dealing with it as a child. And so the change is and the mindset shift is to say, I'm going to make my kid the hero of their own story. I'm going to let them fall off the bike or scrape their knee I'm going to be there to serve as their guide to pick them up and help them to learn from failure and to fail forward and to fail faster, but also not to get too high from success. And in doing so, I'm going to create a, a healthy child that grows understanding those two concepts and moves into adulthood with that as a foundation. However much anger, resentment, regret you have about the events of your past and your behavior in the past and so forth will automatically um, have a direct relationship with the amount of anxiety you face your future with. Because there will be an assumption that if the road was bumpy before, it's just going to continue to be bumpy. So if you see events as, if you see the, the, these, all these bad events in your past and you're expecting on an equal ratio, bad events in the future. Mm-hmm. Conversely, the mm-hmm. greater level of love, faith, appreciation, and gratitude that somebody has about their their past, the, the more, the less anxiety and the more faith they have in their future because they're like, well, yeah, but it was bumpy, but I like bumpy. And so if there's bumpy coming, 
I'm going to enjoy it. And so all of a sudden these people wake up cleaner. They wake up with a, with a higher degree of faith. So if that's true, what it says to me is that one of the greatest gifts we can give anybody is to help them heal their past so that they can begin to develop a stronger sense of faith in the future. So if we go back in time, in, uh, in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a really big impact in my life. And uh, that really resonated with me as far as like a, a potential career path. And so that's kind of uh, the, the path that I was on. I went to a Bible college and then eventually worked at a, a church as a youth pastor. And, and there gave me a lot of opportunities to speak. And speaking is one of those things I, I felt like I was decent at, wanted to do more of, but just had no idea what to do, uh, what to do next. Like, how do you find gigs and how much do you charge? And how does this whole uh, like mysterious black box? Of, of the speaking world work. And so I started uh, like stalking a bunch of people online and, and uh, harassing people, sending constant emails <laughs> like, how do I do what you do? And uh, eventually I learned a couple things and booked a couple gigs and, and uh, continued to book several gigs over the, the next several years. And I think it's important like everybody realizes, any speaker, any entrepreneur, anybody you look up to, you admire, you respect, like everybody starts from zero. There was a time where I had none gigs and then I had a gig. And then that gig led to a second gig. And the point is like everybody starts from zero. It's just easy to look at someone and think, well, they, you know, they have a, a best-selling book or they speak on a ton of stages or they have a huge audience or they have a big email list or they sound all yada 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 yada. But everybody starts from scratch. Everybody starts from zero. And so I was no different than that. The more we have conversations about it, the more I think we can understand other people who don't have the same, I'm sure all three of us have different views or beliefs, certainly different experiences in this world of faith, but, and there are even people who are of no faith, atheists. I, I would love to sit down and have conversations and learn from them yeah. because I just think there's a great way, there's a great, um, there's a great amount of empathy that can take place when we do that. Um, I tell the story with my dad, you know, my dad and I aren't all believing the same right now, certainly at all, especially on a lot of different issues, but I can have empathy for him now because I can see things from his point of view, or at least understand it. I may not still believe it, but I can see it and understand it. And that's honestly, to me, that's what's missing in culture today is empathy. And I think when we see empathy, we are just blown away by it. Certainly empathy and forgiveness can got, kind of go hand in hand. But when we see empathy, we're just like, wow, look at this person who disagrees with this person hugging each other. Look at this person who disagrees with this person who are high-fiving each other or whatever, or having a conversation. It's like, yeah, this is kind of how we were all wired. We should be doing this. And so I, I broke down what I meant by be good to yourself too, because I don't mean to be selfish. You know, I, I did a video where I did some t-shirt giveaways um, and I broke it down and I used the acronym SELF where, you know, serve others. Uh, eat and exercise was the E, um, two E's, so it's SEALF really, but, um, and then L was learn something, you know, learn something to educate yourself because it's, it's empowering when you learn something. And then F was uh, forgive, um, forgive somebody because it's in your own best interest, even though that's hard and people have been hurt wow. on many different levels. It's empowering, it, for me, had to, having to forgive my dad, um, you know, it set me free because I was no longer holding that against him. And it was eating me up inside, you know, for the longest time. And so forgiving him, or I said even, or forgiving yourself, you know, because we're not perfect and you need to be able to move on, um, you know, because we, we tend to beat ourselves up, you know, and expect perfection when really none of us are perfect. You know, there's a, there's a story in Mark chapter nine, I think check that but it's in mark i think chapter nine where this guy has a son that has epilepsy and he comes to jesus and he says can you heal my can you help my son and jesus says 
anything is possible if you believe. And the guy says, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. And so in the same sentence, he's saying, I believe, but I doubt. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is okay with that. And so from that, I take great hope from that because every single day I'm still like, God, why did you let that happen to my son? Or can you even be real if my son can, if that can, if my son can be stabbed in the neck, how can that happen if you love me? And at the same time, I know I don't get to see him again unless God's real and there really is a resurrection and I get to spend eternity with my son. And so that promise, I really want that promise to be true, right? And so when I see other promises fulfilled, like Romans eight twenty eight, and good is coming out of this and, and Psalm thirty four eighteen, where God is close to the brokenhearted. And you know that, both of you know that. Like there's times when you can't explain it, but you know God is there and he's holding on to you and he's helping you get through that moment. And so, yes, every single day, I doubt and every single day I'm mad and every single day almost still I shed tears but also every single day I find something to hope for to, to hold on to thanks for tuning in to the brilliantly resilient podcast join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset rise and reveal your brilliance